Welcome everyone to another episode of the Weekend No Show. My name is JG. I'm here with my boy, Mr. CL Smooth. What's up, man? What's good, people? Okay, and I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm going to introduce the man known as <laughs> the insidious LAT. What's up? What's up, people? The LAT <laughs> in the house. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I just wanted to prepare people that, uh, all right. All right. I'm going to move on. And I'm going to let you guys know today we're going to be talking about LSU's Angel Reese. There's a lot going on with her uh, in, in the uh, news right now. And superhero movie fatigue is a real thing. It's happening. I want to talk about that. And finally, we're going to talk about hip hop's 50th anniversary. So, smooth. Why don't you lead us off with Angel Reese? What's going on with her? Yeah, so kind of interesting. Um, <clears throat> a little little sports topic uh, for for the audience today. So this year uh, we had um, women's college basketball national championship. So it's a, it's a big national championship uh, tournament, and a uh, bit of controversy sparked off where in the championship game where you had uh, LSU versus Iowa. Uh, LSU led by Angel Reese, uh, who who ended up being the uh, the tournament's most outstanding player, and Iowa led by Caitlin Clark, who was uh, the national player of the year, the best the best women's basketball player in the country. Um, so anyway, controversy sparked off because um, LSU tapped that ass, and then <laughs> at the end of the game, Angel Reese started doing that um, you know where you kind of wave your hand in, in in front of your own face like you can't see me. Um, right. Yeah. Pointing to her finger, like, you know, put a ring on it type of thing. Um, right. Like directly at Caitlin Clark, like mad trash talk. This is after the game, after they they whooped Iowa's, Iowa's butt. And man, the media blew up. The media blew up on them, called Angel Reese all kind of classless and, you know, uh, unsportsmanlike, all kind of terrible. You know, you know, where, where's your your kind of. Uh, your championship mentality like you know why would you right. why would you ruin the, the uh, such a great event uh like that but the funny thing about it is that that and i should say that that caitlin is white and uh angel reese is black uh but the funny thing about it is caitlin clark did the exact same thing like a, a game or two before the championship game to another player um south carolina team uh, also a predominantly black team so the white girl did you know the kind of trash talking and the media was like oh she's tough and it's it's funny and she's giving it back to them and, you know she was they, they were hyping her up you right know? Like, right the thing ever angel reese did the exact same thing and they just flipped the script so it's kind of you know um I'm, I'm not one of those to like oh you know lean into the whole racist is racist thing but Man, was this a clear-cut uh, example of, of of racial hypocrisy? And um, it's really hard to, to to pin it on anything else because I mean they both did the same exact thing. Now, to her credit, um, uh, Caitlin Clark came out and was like, you know, this is the game. You know, this is it's she she wasn't mad at Angel Reese at all. It's like you know, it's competitive and and all that. So, um, you know, she she didn't she didn't try to, you know. 
stomp on Angel uh, at all. But, you know, some, some okay. prominent uh, sportscasters kind of went after her. But then um, other people came to Angel's defense, which I, which I thought was good, and, and basically told those people to shut the hell up. I add one other interesting twist to this, and, 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 and then we can, we can get into it. So it's, it's um, tradition in the United States that uh, American sports champions visit the White House and the president after they've won a title. They do it for college uh, sports. They do it for professional sports. It's a, it's a tradition, right? Right, right. Um, so <laughs> Jill Biden, the first lady, uh, invites, and these Bidens, man, they, they got the thing about putting their foot in the mouth. She, she um, you know, says, oh, I'm sure we're going to have LSU um, come out to visit the White House and, and all of that. Da, da, da. But you know what? We should have Iowa and Caitlin Clark and those guys um, also come because they play such a good game, too. And that set up a second firestorm on this whole thing. Like, what do you, what do you mean? You're going to invite the losers yes, <laughs> uh, in yeah. the championship game? Um, is it just because Caitlin Clark's white and she's a superstar and all that? So we can get into more detail on that. That's enough background. But that's that's where we're at. I thought it was an interesting uh, racial dynamic and um, you know political dynamic to, to, to discuss. So what would you think, man? Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is that is that not being a sports person, I, I knew pretty much nothing about this. And uh, after you kind of brought it up and I said, I better I better get into this. And it's so interesting to me because. I I just care so little about sports <laughs> and I'm like, I just can't. What? What are you guys talking about? And they're talking about the sportsmanship, similar to when we were talking about Rihanna at the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they're talking about, oh, she's bringing down the whole event. What are you talking about? These people are throwing a ball around. It's like you can't really bring it down much further than that. But um, what what I did find very interesting, too, was that I, I watched uh, with uh, Malika Andrews was at and she was talking about not accepting Jill Biden's apology, which, you know, apparently you know, the first lady offered an apology. And so she's not not accepting that. And then she wanted to go visit the Obamas instead of the Bidens. Right. Right. And I thought, well, that may be a bit much there. Maybe you should just take your ass to the White House like you're supposed to <laughs> and, you know, whatever, get it over with. But, uh, yes, I guess she ultimately ended up accepting the invite. And I guess she's going her 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 and the rest. of. The oh, OK. She's joining. The, so, so she is going. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. The, the next day or two, she 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 walked it back, decided she'd go. Yeah, right. That's probably for the best. And I, I don't know how much you guys saw from what she was saying is how she was. She's putting herself out there like, hey, I'm I want to be this model role model for girls who look like me. And she then she said that, oh, Jill Biden um, shouldn't have invited them. And this is she should have been for all all women or something. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm not really quite sure how she was trying to say Jill Biden was I, I'm not sure, sure if she's saying she was racist and that the race was trumping the, the thing for, you know, feminism. Right. So, I mean, I'm I'm not one to defend the Bidens, but I think Jill was just kind of like, you know what, you know, both teams played a good game. You know, let's let's celebrate, you know, both of y'all. But, you know, that's that's breaking with tradition, which is, you know, like that the, the winner gets the spoils. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, interest, interesting thing about about this, it's, it's, it's multi-layered, like most things in life are. I can understand 
the argument and the criticism that there was some race involved in this because it's just it's just not done right it's just i know i know you guys aren't deep into sports but it's it's just something that's not it was real it was real weird what joe biden did and there's there's a there's a piece of you that got to think like okay and and just to you know to to, to say Caitlin Clark, uh, uh, the white player, like, like she could ball. She's she's no joke. Like she's she's got real talent. She's she's very good. Uh, so I have to give her props. And Angel Reese too. I mean, obviously she was the outstanding player of the tournament. But there's a piece that's like, okay, you got this white superstar from the Midwest. Did, you know, if 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 Caitlin Clark was was some black girl from Iowa, would Jill Biden have made the same um, invitation? I, you know, who who knows, right? We're all just speculating. I. I there's, I have some doubt that she would do that, but there's another layer to it that I think might be closer to the mark, which is, you know, Biden is planning on running for president again in 24. And, you know, Iowa is like the first, uh, what you call it, the first primary, um, a major primary. Yeah, yeah. And so she's a big star in Iowa. You know what I'm saying? I think there was, there was some politics in there too. So I, I'm not saying there was no racism. I, I think there might be just, you know, maybe like a half, half teaspoon of racism in there. <laughs> but there was a lot of politics. And then the other piece of it, too, is, I mean, you know, Jill Biden ain't known as no no huge sports fan. She she don't know. I, I, I think at the end of the day, she don't she had no clue what the, the protocol was with that, that you don't do something like that. That's so, probably more like it that and yeah, that in politics. Know, yeah. Yeah. I lean I lean more <laughs> in that direction. Although, you know, there's a little, little taste of something in there, you know, with the, with the race, you know just a little, little pinch a little of salt on to that. spice it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention is, um, and this might lead us in a whole nother direction, but this uh, women's tournament was the most watched in their entire history is, is my understanding. They, they, they broke all kinds of um, records for, uh, for, you know, people showing up um, in person, I think, and, and also uh, TV watching. So it was a great, event for women and even all this controversy to be honest is great for the women's game you know controversy sells tickets you know also and um i gotta say i'm i'm happy for them and i'm glad for them i'm glad that they got so much uh notoriety you know for the play because i gotta tell you man it, it has been annoying me no end when i hear stuff like um wnba players and other other players uh, other people saying about how uh, you know, the NBA and professional men's sports should be supporting women's sports by giving them some money. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't get paid enough and all that. I mean, that that annoys me no end. Yeah, you um, get paid from the tickets, right? Correct. You get paid from the audience that you bring in. And now the college women have shown that, hey, they can put together a product that people want to watch. And you have to remember that women make up more than 50% of our population and they spend more, more money on average than men do. So I don't want to hear all that stuff when it comes to women's sports and stuff like that, men do support them, but I don't want to hear that we should be carrying them, you know, and that's kind of what we can probably do another topic later on with the WNBA and those kind of comments that, that some of their athletes have made. But anyway, I'm, I'm happy for the, for, for women's sports, um, you know, and it's, it's sad that it got the controversy, but that'll probably end up benefiting them in the long run anyway. So well, well, let me let me ask you that as again as an outsider, I don't know anything about this. So, what is the name of the uh, the white player? Um, Caitlin uh, Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark. So, is Caitlin Clark a great white hope, or are there a lot of white players, white uh, girls playing in the the college basketball, or is, is that why this is? She she's their great white hope. Well, see, I think I think people could could 
label it that, but she's too good to be labeled that way. Do you know what I'm saying? Like she was the national player of the year. Um, and I watched some highlights of her and I was like, oh, she, she could ball. No, so I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's made up. I'm just saying, is, are there other, other, other white girls who oh, I are playing and I usually, yeah, I usually not, think of, the, I usually think yeah. of the term like great white hope, like they're not really that good. They're blowing them up more than they are. Um, she's actually that good. She deserves all her, her, her praise. Um, sure. but yeah, you know, you know, the thing is with women's basketball, college and pro, it's not as dominated. I don't think by black athletes, like men's sports tend no, to be. It's not. Yeah. So there's, okay. there's, there's a lot more, um, white women who have, who have really been exceptional in, in professional and college basketball. I mean, black women also, also as well, but um, okay, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to know. I mean, I, I didn't yeah. know that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, fair and square. So, so I'm gonna go back to what, what you were talking about earlier about the about this having the bet, you know, about this this particular tournament having the best numbers that any tournament has had for NCAA. But isn't that just because all the top seeds got knocked out before the final four, and that made it interesting? Because I mean, I don't watch I don't watch it that, but I do know that. Every year, you know, I, it's UConn and somebody else <laughs> for women, at least, and for, no, for and then UConn got got knocked out, and then it became interesting all of a sudden. And I think that's why people started watching it because people it's kind of like the Super Bowl back when 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 uh when New England kept winning. I, no one gave a fuck about the Super Bowl because it was like, oh, New England's gonna win again. And I think because UConn and a couple of the other top seeds got knocked out, that made this tournament actually interesting. So people wanted to watch it. Well, and so I think that's why their numbers were so big. I don't know if, I don't know if you know, women's uh, NCAA, you know, basketball is making a big upswing or anything. But I, I know this particular tournament was just interesting because you know a lot of a lot of people who weren't supposed to make it to the final final eight made it to the final eight. Yeah, well, actually, that that was the men's tournament. Oh, was that the men? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, it was the it was the men's tournament. Damn. <laughs> that was oh, the men's tournament. Was the okay. For all the number one seeds. Got... Hey, man, listen, listen. Bro, we appreciate it. From, on behalf of sports fans everywhere, we appreciate you dipping your toes into the, into the water, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, effort, what, what is what is your ignorance? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is this is um. You know, not not comparing women's tournament to to men's sports, but just in comparison to other years for women's tournament, this has been this has been a great a great uh, turnout, um, and so they 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 did well. Um, oh, good. Yeah. All right, all right. I'm still not watching WNBA games. The motherfuckers are boring. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, um, I, I, I I tend not to either, but. Like there's certain women's sports I do I do really enjoy. Like I've always um, enjoyed like women's Olympic soccer. Um, I always watch them when, when they're they're in the Olympics or like the World Cup. Um, okay. And different like uh, women's Olympic events I really enjoy. So you know it's not. And I think a lot of guys are like that who are into sports. It's like we you know there's certain sports we like. We'll, we'll, some we just watch on occasion. Um, but you know I'd like to see I'd like to see women. Um, particularly, you know, ardent feminists that are always coming after men to be like, okay, well, put put your money where your mouth is and support these women. You know, go to one or two games a year. You know, wa watch a game on TV or support them on their social media or whatever. Because when you do that, that brings revenue to to the, those women's sports, which allows them to hire people, which is allows more media um, 
to come in, which allows the media to hire more people. So it's, you know, I, I just want to see folks stop complaining so much and start doing stuff, especially when it's it's a simple, it's a simple task, man. But um, anyway, I think the, the gist of this is that uh, this is, it's a, it's a, it was kind of a, a negative moment that is actually a good moment for women's sports. And so hopefully they'll continue to build on it. Um, so are, are, are they still serving? Are they still serving McDonald's at you know when they bring the college people to the White House? Or was that strictly Trump? I think that was, I think that was just Trump. <laughs> that was a Trump thing. I think that was a Trump thing, man. Hey, uh, hey, you know how you guys honed your bodies into physical perfection? Now we're about to mess that up. Here's this Big Mac. Right. <laughs> Eat this. Filling green. Yeah, that's, that's right. So that's that's all I got about uh, about Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese, man. You know. Okay, well, let's move on to something really important then, and that's 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 superheroes. Man, I'm, I'm I want to move on to something man. very important, and that's the thing I want to talk about now. Now, if we look at James Gunn, a director of Guardians of the Galaxy, he just had a recent interview in Rolling Stone where he did, in fact, bring up the topic of superhero fatigue and uh, i've been seeing this term all around people are getting tired of these movies and uh, i guess disappointing returns of black adam and quantum mania of ant-man and the wasp quantum mania i guess the the sales were disappointing and they're blaming superhero fatigue on this and james gunn even says something to the effect of it's it's not the superheroes themselves it's the stories and if the stories, he says that if the stories aren't emotional, then, you know, people are not going to connect with them. And he's also saying that, um, that maybe we should just slow down a little bit. And if, if every movie is spectacle from beginning to end, then people just can't get engaged with these, with these movies. And so I looked at it and I, I also saw a thread on Twitter where it was uh, legendary creator Rob Liefeld and Liefeld is a controversial creator, but, but I mean, I call him legendary because he, he made a lot of dope stuff. He made up cable, he made up Deadpool and uh, you know, people have problems with him, but I tend to be on the side where it's like, you know what, whether he, he didn't like to draw feet famously, you know, I, I don't give a damn about those feet. He he made some stuff that I liked. But what Rob Liefeld said was, well, uh, I guess Blue Beetle, which is an upcoming movie, he said Blue Beetle is going to go on the shelf with a bunch of other movies like Shazam 2, Black Adam, and Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Doctor Strange 2. He says he's not interested in these movies anymore. And there was a lot of debate. It was a very long thread where, you know, a lot of people insulted him and were, and then they were saying that he needs to support these movies. And as far as I'm concerned, if he doesn't like them, he doesn't have to support those. They need to make good movies. It, I don't think it's his job to always go see these movies and always promote these movies. And people, people were then saying, Hey, you know, if we want more of these movies. You've got to support them. You got to go see them. And as far as I'm concerned, I, I look at it like, I enjoy these movies. I don't know if I will go see them. I, I, don't, I don't know if I go out and see them. I will see them streaming. Uh, I, I will watch most of them. But if, if they're not good, I don't owe them anything. Nobody owes the superhero franchises 
anything. You better make something good. And it's, I think that they're going to have to slow down on this. I would, and Marvel actually has. Marvel's production has now, you know, they had a lot of things in the pipeline. Now they're going to really slow down on their production. And I think it's because, I think there's some superhero fatigue, but I also think a lot of the stuff isn't good that's coming out. So they're trying to blame, oh, it's fatigue. You know, it's just, it's just something that inevitably happens. Well, not really, because, uh, and then what Rob Liefeld actually said is something that I said. He said, I think the golden age of superhero movies is behind us. And when I look at what Marvel did when they started with Iron Man 2008, all the way to Endgame, and I don't know if a lot of people remember, you know, you guys both saw Iron Man, right? Yeah. And, right. Yeah. yeah. He was in the cave, remember? And he yeah. was just pounding. He was making that suit, that first suit of armor, you know, clang, clang, clang. And a lot of people didn't get to the end of Endgame. At the very end of Endgame, after the credits, you're expecting something. Only thing you hear is clang, clang. They're just calling back to that original Iron Man. And that whole Infinity Saga, I mean, Avengers, we, we really had something special there for a while. And now it's gone. I think they need to just chill and, and stop, you know, pushing crap out and just really just re retool and do something that is going to build into something good again. I think they're just putting stuff out just to do it. So I, I know, you know, I'm probably more into these than you guys, but what do you guys think? You know, I think I am a little fatigued, uh, but I'm also excited because, you know, when they put out, because, you, know, you know, Marvel, put, they put out their whole, you know, they, they do their phases, and I, I don't know what phase yes. they're on now, phase five or whatever. It's phase five. Okay, so, you know, I'm excited to see some of those movies, some of those future movies, but a lot of this sort of filler is, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested, you know, just, you know, let's just do Secret Wars already, you know, most of us know, you know, you, you guys have set the, you've set the stage, so let's, you know, let's, let's just skip ahead, we don't need, we don't need, you know, five movies between now and Secret Wars before you can, uh, you know, before you can do Secret Wars. So I, I feel like, you know, the quantum mania and, and all, you know, all these kind of like boring films that are, have been coming out, those are just kind of setups, kind of like, you know, just to keep people interested. But it's like, you don't have to do that. You know, in fact, people will be more interested if, if you don't put out a movie for a couple of years. And, and That's then, what I thought. Yeah. yeah so, so yeah, I, I am a little fatigued, quite frankly, because, you know, a, a lot of a lot of comic book collectors or a lot of people who are into that were completists. And so we need to see all the shit. <laughs> and and as a result, we end up watching, you know, bullshit movies because, you know, we, you know, just in case there's an Easter egg or something, you know, we need to see it. But luckily, YouTube's out there and I don't have to watch these movies anymore. <laughs> I just watched I just watched the recaps on YouTube. So but yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm a little over it, man. And okay. This is coming, man. Okay, what about you, Smooth? Yeah, man. I think um, I you know whenever you, whenever you put out a, a a bunch of the same thing, um, there's going to be some of that fatigue. But I I think it's more about are the stories good, you know? Is are they, and is it being told well? I mean, if if they were putting out you know really good stories and compelling stories, I think you know you wouldn't feel as much fatigue with it. You know, it wouldn't feel as stale. Um, so now I haven't, I haven't really watched anything, um, any of their, their latest movies. Uh, I think the most recent one that I saw was, um, 
What was the last uh, Doctor Strange one? Oh, the Multiverse of uh, Madness. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, that was like, all right, you know? Um, but and that like, was just you, a setup. That, was, that, that whole movie was just a setup for a future movie. Right, right. I got you. I mean, I think I think your point is well taken, uh, Val, but it's it's like um you can you know, can't you do a setup that's also a good story? Cause I I mean I just like I and you guys again are are, are more expert in this than me, but isn't there just a, a plethora of of you know written comic stories that are just really good, really compelling that they can pull from? You know, I mean why why is that not translating on these setup stories into good movies that people are enjoying? It doesn't translate because a lot of the times the movie people think they know better and they change it mm -hmm. and they forget why it was a popular story and they decide to put their own mark on it. But a lot of a lot of it, too, is that the good stories, the, the really awesome stories, when you look at Avengers, you look at Iron Man and at the very end, Nick Fury comes in and says, I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. Very exciting. You're starting something. This is this is something that hasn't been done before. The the thrill of discovery is over. I mean, and if we look in the 1960s when the Avengers got together, like holy crap, you know, the the, the kids were like, oh, Thor and Iron Man and Hulk and, and Ant Man. Yeah, well, they were they were in separate comics. For the before. price of one, yeah. <laughs> and now they're in this one comic, and yeah, yeah and and then we're doing that in in the movies. And it hadn't been done before, but now it has. And the luster is kind of worn off. So that's why I, I think like, just like what, what, you know, LAT was saying. And, you know, I'm saying too, is like, maybe they just need to really chill and give us a couple years to just retool, really, really look at some of those better stories and hit those. But we don't ever have a chance to, you know, chill. They keep pushing out kind of dreck. Which actually, and look at what's happening with DC. James Gunn, who we're talking about, who, who is now in control of the DC Comics movie universe. And they finally realized that we can't just keep pushing out crap, which is what they were doing. Crap movie after crap movie. And finally, they were like, we need to really structure this. So I think it can, it can work if done in moderation, but boy... Even I was like, oh, what's coming out now? Come on, you guys. <laughs> right. What is Didn't, this? Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't DC have a completed Bat, Batgirl movie? That yes. they just said, fuck that. Shelve that shit. We're, we're yeah. never sure on that. Okay. Was, was that with some sister, too? Who was I think be so. Yeah, 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 or 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 a uh, or, uh, or, uh, or racially ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know if it was a sister or a mech. She she had brown skin though. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, they got rid of that, and they were like, you know what? We're tired of getting clowned. We're not putting this out. I'm I'm kind of uh, excited to to. I mean, I don't know exactly when it's coming out, um, but to check out that Blade reboot with uh, Mahershala Ali. Yes. That see, I am excited about. See, that, that goes back to the reboot thing for me. I'm just like, I don't know if you can improve on, well, the first two at least, that last Blade. That Wesley's last one. Bullshit. But I don't <laughs> know if you can improve on Wesley's Blade, man. We're going to find out. I know he talked to Wesley Snipes. So oh, okay. did he? Okay. That, that made me uh, really think that this, this could be something. Let's, let's see what he brings to it. And, 
you know, that was the only good thing about that terrible Eternals movie. Eternals is one of those movies that Marvel really thought they could just put out anything. It was terrible. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was terrible. Oh, my God. And the only thing at the very end, when you're looking for that post-credit scene, you're looking for that post-credit scene, and there's a guy, the guy from Game of Thrones, Kit Harrington. He, he was playing a character named Dane Whitman. And for comic people, we know that's the Black Knight. He's an Avenger, the Black Knight. And he, he's about to pick up the Ebony Blade, which is a cursed sword. And I'm like, oh, God, he's about to pick that that's up. That's my new nickname. What? My new nickname is Ebony Blade. <laughs> Man, I'm, try, I'm trying to do something here. I'm trying to set, I'm trying to set the scene. Man, ain't, <laughs> ain't no kind of professional. So, I mean, come you're on, talking man. about. yeah man damn anyways so he's about to pick up this blade and then from off screen we hear Shali Ali say are you sure you want to do that and I thought oh man it's blade and then it just cut off they didn't they didn't actually show him right right that was the best thing about that Eternals movie (laughs) his his voice at the end the post credits was the best thing yeah yeah, thanks, thanks, Ebony Blade, for for <laughs> interrupting my setup there. The Ebony Blade strikes again. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I think uh, I think we ran our course on that one, but um, <laughs> we're, we're fatigued of superhero fatigue. So let's let's move on and let's talk about hip hop's fiftieth anniversary. LAT man, oh, excuse excuse me, Ebony Blade, please, please. So, first of all, can y'all believe hip hop is 50 years old? What the fuck? That makes me feel old. Yeah. Because I feel oh, like wow. I've been, you know, I feel like oh, I've been there for, for most of it. But oh, we, we, we definitely been there for most of it. Oh, Wait, no, so hip hop is older than 50, man. Well, not according to Rolling Stone <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and the Grammys. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, if you consider hip hop is an extension of. Uh, I mean, it's got to be right around there. It's got to be right around there. Hip hop as we know it, hip hop as we know it is fifty years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, yeah, hip hop exactly. is an extension of a uh, you know. Pardon me, I'm not Jamaican. Uh, what the Jamaican patois rhythm, or I don't know what that's. No, what that means. It, it came from it came from dance hall. Okay. Um, and and in in Jamaica, they had their their DJs, their live DJs used to, you know, rap and and say funny shit and you know diss and whatnot in the breaks and the records and then okay. and then um they brought that to 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 the united states into into um to new york you know and okay. then it became rap and hip-hop and all that well so hip-hop is apparently 50 years old but uh a little side note is that um i don't know if y'all knew this uh de la soul you could not get their music you cannot stream their music because they had a fucked up contract and then um, I guess a couple of days, I mean, it had nothing to do with his death, but a couple of days after, uh, uh, was it, uh, which one just passed? Uh, it wasn't Pasta Noose, the other one, uh, Plug 2. A couple of days after Plug 2 passed, uh, De La's catalog is available for streaming now. So back in the day, you could not listen to Three Feet High and Rising. Uh, you, can, you couldn't stream it until just recently. And so... I thought that was interesting that, you know, finally we can get, you know, Dayla and hip hop's turning 50. And it's just a weird thing because 
I hadn't fucked with hip hop and I haven't really fucked with hip hop in the last 10 years or so, just cause you know, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm, 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 I'm leaning into my old age, but I don't fuck with anything that, that came out after the, the early aughts. Yeah. So it can I, be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't really have a subject to talk about or anything that really, uh, I just wanted to bring it up that, wow, fellas, hip hop's 50. <laughs> hip hop <laughs> is as old as me. <laughs> Yeah. And remember when it was like, this is a fad. This is just going to go away. This is a fad. And it was, I I remember people telling me things like um, rap is only on, you know, one hour a night on MTV. And that's, you know, that's because, you know, that's going to go away soon. And, you know, every year they kept saying it's going away, going away. And, and there was a time when it didn't make that much money. It didn't make as much as rock. And that time is long since passed with the kind of money these guys are bringing. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, again, I'm speaking a little bit from ignorance here, but my understanding is like a lot of these new rappers, they, you know, their first album, they're, they're, they're making millions, you know, on their first album. Whereas, you know, somebody like, uh, I don't know, let's say LL, you know, might have made a hundred grand, you know, for his for his radio album or something like that. And yeah. I just like, you know, it's 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 a full fledged industry within itself. You know, hip hop, you know, aside from rock, aside from, you know, music, aside from all music is is a machine now, which, you know, which is kind of cool. I mean, I, I dig it is that, you know, y'all said it was a fad, but y'all was wrong. But I, it, I also miss that it used to be for me, it was kind of special. Because I felt like I was part of this, you know, this exclusive community, which is no longer exclusive at all. That shit is everywhere. So Yeah, it's everywhere now. Yeah. And, and I remember I just watched the video for KRS-One Duck Down just the other day. And, <laughs> oh, and it, yeah. it struck me how little money he had to make that video. Remember, most of the videos from back then were just these guys in their neighborhood walking down the street. Yeah. In, in, exactly. in the alley, yeah. in, in the park. Uh, on the street, you know, they didn't have money to make a, co- a really compelling video. And that's what had right. to get done. It's just really, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of what you're saying too, about how they didn't make that much money back in the days, because they didn't have the knowledge right now. They got ripped off. A lot of them got taken. And now the, the knowledge is out there. They, you're not supposed to be getting ripped off like this. And yeah, people yeah. have kind of like, they, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they, they didn't, they didn't, yeah, they, you know, the reason why they weren't streamed is because they didn't have control of their masters. Yeah. Because they signed a they signed a bullshit contract and you know they had to fight that shit for, for fucking 20 years <laughs> before they finally got, got control over their masters. Yeah. So, but yeah. Right. And it's it's the same thing, it's the same thing that uh that Dave Chappelle talks about um with his Comedy Central show and um you know how he didn't he ended up not really even owning Right. Intellectual property. And, you know, this, this is something that's, that's like it's taboo. We can't we can't really talk about it, um, but it's been happening forever. I think things have gotten, you know, a little bit better these days. I mean, people are making more money, but, um, you know, black black performers, whether it's, it's arts, entertainment, uh, sports, whatever, um, have historically and even some extent currently not controlled the industry that they dominate, that they created, that that has captured the world's attention. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, you know, we, well, have, sure. we have 
we have um, such prominence culturally in all these different areas, you know, for, for, for good and for, for bad, you know, it's a mixed bag sometimes, but we don't control the industry. Other people control the industry. And if you, if you try to talk about that dynamic, then talk about getting canceled, talk about getting shut down. Um, it's, it's part of what happened to Kanye. Now, I mean, he came out a little bit crazy with the way he was talking, but it's, it's, not, really like <laughs> well, it's not like there's, there's no truth in what he's saying, right? Now, he it didn't come across in, in, in the most positive way, but, you know, th there are forces that have controlled uh, Black people through their entertainment and culture and really, to me, have, have, have had a, like a parasitic type relationship with us, man. You know, they're they're making the money. They're they're owning the masters. Uh, Chappelle talks about the, the contracts they, they have you sign where you sign away all your rights in perpetuity throughout the universe, like, like crazy language. Um, yeah, yeah. They own you. And yeah, you might be getting paid relatively well, but they own what you created. How is that right, man? How is that right? Bus business is supposed to be two parties come together, right, in a mutual ex exchange of benefit, right? Mutual value is shared, but there are again there are, there are there are organizations and entities that they don't they don't want mutual benefit. They want all that shit. They want it all, you know. That just means you know moving forward, you know, when people sign those contracts, they need to make sure they get paid big time up front. Like, listen, yeah, y'all can have this shit in perpetuity, but it's gonna cost y'all a hundred mil up top if you have the leverage. I think as we get control of the distribution methods and, and such, it's it's becoming less and less necessary to have these people, to have publishers and such. Well, right. kind, kind of, sort of. I mean, when you have to bring your, I, I'm, I'm well aware, when you have to bring your own audience, it becomes uh, very difficult. You know, ostensibly you're on, the, on a level playing field, like on the, on the internet. But for now, these publishers, they have, the audience, they have the marketing dollars, they have uh, the ears of important people, and it, it's tough to replicate what they can provide. But eventually, I think we will get there where, where these guys aren't needed anymore. You go right to your fans, right to yeah. the people. And you guys, did you guys used to watch a shark? I mean, I guess it's still on, but I, it's not on free TV anymore. Did y'all used to watch a Shark Tank? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I never really so watched it. So that used it. to be my shit. Oh. That used to be my shit, but then I realized that those, I mean, it's it's got the perfect name. Those dudes are those and women, those those guys are fucking sharks. Cause you know, they'll be like, Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll help you start your business. But again, you know, but in you know, for the rest of your life, you, you kicking me back 20%. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, wow, that's that's like that's that bullshit. And and I was always shocked when people would be like, because every once in a while somebody'd be like, nah, I'm I'm good. And I'd be like, you fucking fool. <laughs> but then you know but then i'm just like wait a minute you know what there's something to that and they're like nah fuck that i'm not giving you 20 percent of my earnings for the rest of my life for your fucking hundred grand investment well look at so. what prince prince did when he nobody understood when he pieced out changed his name yeah and he right. he kept trying to educate people about the music industry and then when, when he would perform those songs he would insist this is a cover song I'm not performing this song. This is a cover song of Prince. And right. when it, it was laughable at first. Oh, he changed his name to this symbol. But the more we start learning about these record companies, these publishing deals, I mean, they just, 
you know, were bending people over and they just got away with it and, and they're going to keep getting away with it until people, people, uh, you know, find a way around them. Didn't, um, ah, your favorite artist, what's her name? Taylor Swift. Didn't she basically have to re-record all of her music? Because yeah, smooth. Kind of the Taylor, same. Taylor Swift, your favorite artist. Yeah, I don't know nothing about no Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard one of her songs. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but apparently she, she had to re-record all her music because, you know, the record company owned, owned that shit that she recorded. She's like, all right, fine. I'm just going to re-record this shit. And now, you know, what I'm, what I'm releasing is, is my version, which is essentially the same song. I mean, they might have changed a note or, or a word here and there. But, but yeah, she had to re-record all of her music because... Well, she still has to pay, right? Well, I mean, I guess whenever, yeah, yeah, yeah. She still gives them a little something, but, but you know, she gets more money now because she's not. They're not. So those those original recordings, which is what they were streaming and and you know, and people were buying. I guess the the record company was was getting the the, the payload from that. And I mean, so so rappers are getting hunted them. down for a loop for for some sample hunted down and vilified and then taylor swift gets to re-record a whole song oh yeah 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 <sighs> disgusting man, listen, it's 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 it's, uh, <laughs> it's like it's like sharecropping you, you you remember that term sharecropping okay. yeah, yeah. yeah 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 so for for the audience that, that that may not be as familiar this is this is way back in before our times when somebody owned a whole bunch of land and then they would parcel out smaller pieces of that land or independent farmers to farm that land, but the farmer didn't own that land. He was basically, you know, given X percentage of his of his crop and his earnings or whatever back to the guy who owned the land. Right. right? And and we look at that today and we we'll say, well, that's that's just business. He owned the land. He's hiring people to work the land, whatever. But it's it's a fundamental, again, parasitic mindset of I'm gonna I'm going to benefit off of the creative efforts of other people. To a disproportionate amount. I, I I'm all for people like I make an investment. I want to cover my risk, and I want a real nice reward at the end. I'm I have no problem with that. That's 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 good for business. That's good for the economy. But this shit where people are like, damn, you damn sold your soul just to get on. And if you don't if you don't sign the contract, you're not getting on. That's the way it used to be. Now it's a little more, yeah. um, a few more avenues to to break through on your own these days, but. Back in the day, that's, I mean, that's why Chappelle had to do what he had to do. And other artists signed those crazy. I mean, I'm sure Daylight didn't want to sign that damn deal. But it's like. Yeah, I mean, they were 17 when they, you know. Yeah, they didn't you, know any you, better. You, yeah, you throw, you throw 100 grand in front of me when I'm 17. I'd be like, hand me that fucking pen right now. Look at what happened yeah. to TLC. I mean, they thought the money was coming, you know. Yeah. So. But, you know, you know. Hip hop's fifty, and you know, with with age comes you know, comes experience and knowledge. And I'm thinking, you know, the the you know these new heads, you know, they're gonna they're gonna go into it with you know with with clearer eyes than than our generation went into it. Our generation just wanted to get on stage and flex, <laughs> but these new kids, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they you know, hopefully they they're coming into it with uh you know with some business acumen, you know, or at least or at least people like us being like, hey, motherfucker, you better read that contract. At least they um, hopefully their uncles are are. Like, let me take a look at that, bro. Yeah, they want to get in the studio now with the auto tune. Is that still a thing? <laughs> is auto tune still a thing? I'm sure it is. I I don't listen to the radio, but it's got to be. It's so easy. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I play Kanye. Yeah. I'm like, I'm doing Kanye. <laughs> Okay, well, on, on that note, uh, be, before we go in, even further on like Gen Z or anything, let's let's go ahead and get out of here and wrap this one up, guys. I think, um, yeah, Hip Hop 50. Wow, guys, that is something else. Happy birthday, Hip Hop. So um, let's go ahead and break out. And if you guys like this show, please like and share and subscribe and leave comments. Let us know what you thought. Uh, we like to engage with you guys. And at that point, we're going to go ahead and step out. So let's peace out, guys. Peace. Peace, fellas.